Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You gotta score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. We are here at the Shrine Bowl or the scene of the Shrine Bowl. That's Allegiant Stadium. The doors are officially open. The gates are officially open. Fans are going to start pouring in, getting ready for this game that uh, kicks off at 530. You'll see the collegiate stars try to make themselves into NFL stars, putting their talents on showcase this evening. Again, the East-West Shrine Bowl, the longest showcase, all-star showcase, 98th annual East-West Shrine Bowl game. They've been practicing all week long, and then the finale is tonight as they kick off here at Allegiant Stadium. And one of the guys that I really want to talk about is DTR. That's Dorian Thompson Robinson. And to help us do that, my guy, Mike Regalado, joins us from a beat. He's a beat writer for Bruin Report. And, Mike, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We definitely appreciate you. And DTR, man, he's a, he's a local guy. He went to Bishop Gorman High School. Obviously, he spent a lot of time at UCLA as a starter there, the quarterback position. How much from your coverage of DTR, how much have you seen him grow as a young man to where he was in leading the Bruins last season? Oh, well, first off, thanks for having me. Uh, you know, it's just great to talk about, you know, Bruins, you know, whenever I can. But to follow DTR over the last five years uh, has been interesting because, you know, he took a lot of flack. Uh, as did uh, Chip Kelly in those first two years because they weren't winning. Uh, but it was a process. And you saw how that process helped, helped him to develop, helped him, him to grow into the offense, which was one of the top offenses in the nation. And, you know, just him by himself being, I, I believe he was 13th in total offensive yards, uh, just by himself, passing and rushing. Right. Uh, the, the guy is, is is just an athlete, and you you could see how he stepped up in the last two seasons. Um, also, you know, those are the two seasons where UCLA, you know, finally kind of turned a corner and you know started winning games that they should. Especially this past year, beating Utah and Washington. You know, um, those are two teams that that finished above them in the AP poll. But to have that on your resume, you know, kind of a disappointing end of the season. Right. But to see DTR grow into this, um, just this leader of men. And, you know, just from a maturity standpoint, from a statistical standpoint, and just, just to see him be kind of become a legend, you know, if, if you will, uh, in UCLA lore. Yeah, and that season that they had last year, obviously, as I talked to him yesterday, he said it didn't end the way they wanted to. You know it didn't end the way they wanted to. But, I mean, at what point did you feel like, you know what, they got a chance to be special this season and, and it's going to be led by DTR? It was um, – a lot of people complained about the soft schedule, which, which I, it's totally understandable. Uh, but my thing was, uh, at the beginning of last season, um, if they handle those teams – uh, you know, one of the one of the games it came down to a field goal, which was a bit scary. But uh, you know, heading into uh, uh, conference play, UCLA just seemed to dominate offensively. Nobody could stop them. And you know, the defense obviously that's a different question. But right now we're talking about DTR. Him handling the offense, uh, just being you know that 
that guy that the offense needs, that uh, the the, the uh, chess piece that that Chip Kelly needs uh, for him to be on the board, the field to push his team forward. You know, I, I saw it early on, and that first uh, conference game against Colorado, they they just handled uh, the Buffaloes, and it was. Uh, you know, I think that was one of the the, the uh, nails in the coffin for uh, Carl Durrell. But you know, you know, UCLA has to worry about UCLA. Right. And then when they went into those games against uh, Washington and Utah, both teams that were getting a lot of uh, attention nationally, and they just run up the score on both of them. It was. It, it, I, I was like, wow, this team, this this team is something special. And you mentioned before how athletic he is, and obviously he's got a strong arm. He put up some really good numbers last season with UCLA. How much did you see opposing defenses really be concerned because the guy is a weapon and can beat you multiple ways? I I forget what team it was um, that said that they were studying DTR so that they wouldn't they would try to stop him from hurtling him because <laughs> that's just kind of be a key thing with him. I, I think it was against uh, Washington where he hurled that one guy and you just see the defender just like slide off to the, uh, off to the sideline and he, DTR just keeps going. I mean, this is the kind of athlete he is. And, and to have defenses not only try to scheme for his running game, but his hurtling game, <laughs> I've never heard of that before, but uh, you know, I, I heard so many, um, uh, coaches and players, you know, talk highly of DTR and how much of a weapon he was. So uh, I just expect that to get even better in, in the NFL. No doubt about it. Mike Regalado is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920 on the Say Roughness. Talking about UCLA Bruins, talking about DTR and the Shrine Bowl. My man demond has got one for you. When it comes to DTR and playing in Chip Kelly's offense, do you think that would give him a leg up that maybe people are sleeping on him a little bit? And I'll make the comparison to, let's say, Lamar Jackson. And when he was coming out, hey, if he can learn Bobby Petrino's offense, he'll be able to adapt at the NFL level. Yes, and on multiple levels, because one of the things, aside from you know just mastering the offense and Chip Kelly had, running a bit of a um, NFL offense, you know he uh, made it. Uh, he, he liked to use tight ends when he was with Philadelphia, and he really brought that to UCLA. But the maturity that not only DTR had, but the rest of the team, the way they carried themselves, like not just kids coming out of high school wanting to play, but actual like men taking the field, you know, preparing, studying, um, being mentally aware of, of what is going on with, with defenses. It is, it, it, it's a, it's, that's another evolution uh, from DTR. Not to say that he was immature at the time, because actually he was, he was pretty well-spoken uh, in his first year, but still learning the offense to becoming this leader saying, this is what we need to do. This is how we're going to attack, um, uh, uh, attack the game. This is our game plan. And to actually go out and execute it just shows how how much Chip Kelly has put into him, and I I, I believe that that is going to be um, a huge benefit for him uh, in trying to get a spot on an NFL team. Yeah, you mentioned leadership, and yesterday when DTR was talking to Q, he mentioned how he was still working on becoming a better leader even during the Shrine Bowl practices. So in Chip Kelly's offense, what do you think is going to be the biggest thing that translates over to the NFL? Getting that attention from from his teammates, uh, he's uh, you know definitely a presence. I mean, he's not someone who's uh, you know grandiose. He doesn't you know like strut around uh, campus. Uh, he wasn't you know very um, how could I say he he just didn't like really put himself out there. He did to an extent, but he was still 
reserved a little bit. And I think that that is, um, that, that's just his character. And I think that is going to help him the most uh, in, in, in trying to land, land a spot. You know, he, he, he studies the playbook. He executes. His communication is really good. Um, and then you top it off with just having, you know, a, a pretty solid arm, which has developed uh, pretty well over the last three years, and legs that can, you know, get him an extra, you know, five to 20 yards if needed if, if, if uh, he doesn't find anyone uh, um, out in the open and then he needs to run to make a play. Yeah, I, I think he has, uh, uh, he has what it takes to make it in the NFL. Let me ask you this, Mike, and then I, I did want to ask you about a couple other players that are here representing UCLA for the Shrine Bowl. But as far as his availability, you know, sooner rather than later, do you think that he, he'd be a guy that would do really well if he sat behind a veteran for like a year or so and just kind of learn the NFL game and then kind of take that next step? Or do you think he's a guy that may be able to step in right away and, and, and do a little something-something? I, I think he would benefit from uh, learning behind a, a, an established starter or a QB2, if that is the case, mm-hmm. uh, because his, his attention to detail and trying to learn the offense and get it you know, embedded in his skull, is, is that, that is one of his um, uh, strengths. Because he, he really wants to master uh, his craft. He wants to go out and execute properly, and I think Chip Kelly really gave him the tools to do that. But uh, is he ready right now? I, I, I don't think so. I think he could be a starter in the future and i think he definitely will make an nfl team but yeah no learning learning the craft from the guys that have been there before um being a teammate communicating and just trying to figure everything out before he actually goes out and shows what he can do um you know i i think that that would help him a lot as well well you know he told me that jalen hurts is a guy that he looks up to and a guy that he kind of models his game after and that's exactly what Jalen Hurts did. He was drafted in the second round by the Eagles and sat behind Wentz for a minute, and then they moved him into the starting lineup. And, well, now now Jalen Hurts is playing in the Super Bowl on February 12th in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Again, Mike Regalado is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920 on Necessary Roughness. We're talking all things uh, UCLA Bruins that are here at the Shrine Bowl. And so DTR is not the only guy, and he mentioned that to me as well. He's like, hey, we're pl- I'm playing with my teammates. I'm excited about they have Bobo, the wide receiver, Jake Bobo, uh, Antonio Maffi, the offensive lineman, uh, Alan Kazmer, uh, the running back. Uh, well, tell me a little something about those players and, and what they bring to the table. You know, the, the offensive uh, linemen, they, they often get overlooked. But then you look at, obviously, they're a necessity for top, uh, you know, offenses. And just to see how UCLA meshed with, with the players that they had, because uh, prior to the season they had three two they had three starters um, leave for the NFL uh, before this last season. So that was a big question. Who's going to step in? Who's going to you know, take control? So you have uh, John Gaines, who is just, you know, uh, I cannot stress enough how smart uh, these uh, UCLA football players are. And John Gaines is, is definitely one of them. Um, very well-spoken. But when it gets down to it, you know, he knows his assignments, and he will push people around. Um, Antonio Maffi, he came to UCLA as a defensive lineman and switched mm. uh, two or three years ago, I believe. I can't remember exactly when. And he played uh, offensive line in high school. Uh, so it wasn't a huge, you know, he didn't have to, you know, learn, you know, it wasn't a completely new position. Right. So he, he uh, was able to get in uh, some reps last year, you know, uh, substituting, but then, and then he got the, the starting spot this past season. And 
he was he was just a beast. You know, there there are there's video floating around Twitter right now of him just manhandling guys, and that I think is going to be his huge strength. He was always a big dude, uh, but to able to you know now you know, make that one of his weapons and and to be uh, a starting offensive lineman for a power five school, um, yeah, he should be, he should definitely get some looks. Uh, Jake Bobo, he only played one year, but he made quite an impact. Uh, he. he UCLA used a lot of tight ends uh, pr- pr- uh, prior to this last year, and their wide receivers were, were more like outside guys. To have Jake Bobo as an inside receiver and to have a size advantage and to run, you know, 5 to 10 to 15 yards in the middle of the field and get open as, as much as he did was just a huge uh, – he became a huge target for DTR, and that's what I think helped out the passing game a lot. Obviously, they spread it around to a lot of other guys, but uh, he was definitely uh, a huge, huge uh, benefit to uh, to the Bruins. And I'm uh, quite sorry that we only got to see him in blue and gold for one year, but I think he's going to do well in the NFL as well. Someone that I wanted to ask you about that was on UCLA's team last year, but we still don't know much about him in Raider Nation is Britton Brown because he just didn't able he wasn't able to see the field as a seventh round pick with Josh Jacobs leading the league in rushing. But but for mm-hmm. those that are still lacking a little bit of knowledge on Britton Brown, what can you tell us about him and what you saw from him at UCLA? Oh man, I miss Britton Brown. I'll tell you that much. Uh, <laughs> when he was at UCLA, his last year with UCLA, it was uh, uh, with Zach Charbonnet. Uh, that was Zach Charbonnet's first year. And that was just a one-two punch, you know, thunder and lightning. If, you know, if uh, Brown was on the sidelines while uh, Zach was uh, running upfield, a few plays later you, you insert Brown and he's just punishing dudes, just running over people. Um, not much of a speedster, but just, you know, he, he's built, you know. What, what do the kids say? He, he's, he's got that dog in him. My <laughs> God, that, 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 that Britton Brown, I, I think, I hope he gets some playing time. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> you're not going to see a lot of playing time when, when uh, uh, your teammate is le- leading the league, but uh, I hope he gets some, uh, some good looks in the, in the next few seasons because he's just he, he's another kid who's smart. Uh, he came from Duke uh, and then transferred to UCLA and just, just balled out, just, just a bruiser, a uh, bit of a wrecking ball. So, yeah, I really hope that he, he, he gets some time um, sooner than later. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be interesting, you know. It, they, there's a there's a heck of a crowded uh, running back room, especially if Josh Jacobs returns, which I believe he will in 2023. But we'll have to see. Well, Mike, fantastic stuff, my man. Always appreciate catching up with you. Uh, Bruin Report. What do you got coming out that we should be on the lookout for? You should be prepared for spring ball, right? Yeah, that's coming up out in a few weeks. Um, you know, I'm actually preparing an article. Uh, this, this just came out. If I if I can uh, talk Go about it, it really quickly, yeah. They figured out the official statistics for the Sun Bowl. And a lot of Bruin fans were, were looking at that intently, specifically because DTR was very close to uh, passing Cade McDown. Well, it turns out, you know, he got injured. He didn't make it. But both Pitt, the Sun Bowl, and UCLA uh, did a video review, and he officially made that, uh, that uh, he, pa- he surpassed Cade McDown and is now the UCLA all-time um, a passing yards leader. So really? congratulations to him. Yeah, so uh, that, that's something I'm going to be working on today. I got a basketball game to cover. You know, UCLA hoops uh, is in a two-game slide, but, you know, they have Washington, and hopefully they can turn that around.
There you go. Well, I'll tell you what, UCLA Hoops, I think that they'll, they'll be all right. UCLA Hoops is a, a really good ticket, man. I enjoy being able to see them when they come out here to Vegas for the different uh, tournaments that are going on. So, uh, Mike, man, fantastic stuff. Like I said, it's great to catch up with you. I do appreciate you. Uh, enjoy the games, and uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You guys take care. All right, brother, there he goes, Mike Regalado, UCLA beat writer, Bruin Report on Twitter at Mike Regalado with us here on Raider Nation Radio 920. 417 is the time coming up at 440. Bo Brock, host of the Phoenix Cardinals podcast. Uh, he's from Phoenix Sports. He is there in Mobile, Alabama. We'll get a, a little update from him on the Senior Bowl as we're here for the Shrine Bowl. Plenty of fans have been rolling in, and I wonder if DTR knows that little nugget. I wonder if I get to catch up with him this evening, uh, maybe after the game, maybe I can let, break the news to him that he is UCLA's all-time passing leader. Nah, I'm sure he probably already knows. 417 is the time. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. We're here at Allegiant Stadium for the Shrine Bowl. Kicks off at 530. We haven't had an opportunity. We've had so much interaction today on the show. Haven't had an opportunity to hear from anyone from the Shrine Bowl like Bob Roller or Mel Bauer or Parker. We got to hear from my guy Parker before this all gets wrapped up. Parker was a, a cool kid that I had an opportunity to talk to yesterday. Real cool kid. Uh, plays football and basketball. He's uh, he he's got a fun little story, so uh, we'll get that definitely get that conversation in before we get wrapped up here. We just finished talking with Mike Regalado, UCLA beat writer uh, from the Bruin Report, talking all things DTR. Dorian Thompson Robinson, who's going to have a lot of folks here in the building watching him compete tonight in his own backyard, which will be a lot of fun for him, a lot of fun for his family. I guarantee that's going to be a dream come true. And look, I'm I'm looking at him as a guy that if you can get him, you know. And, Second round, third round, why not, right? I'm thinking that he was probably going to – I feel like his, his sweet spot is probably going to be the second or the third round. You might want to try to push and, and, and get him in the third round if possible and see what happens, see if a team takes a flyer on him in the second round. But I think he could be a later round pick that you could try to develop and sit behind a veteran. And you heard Mike Regalado say he's a guy that would, you know, do really well sitting behind someone because of his attention to detail. Those are the kind of things that I, I like. Right, it's one thing to be athletic. It's it's one thing to have that ability. But if you're a student of the game and you want to have that attention to detail and you're going to work your tail off, I'm good with that. I like that. Doesn't mean that you're going to be successful. Just because you try hard doesn't mean that you're going to be that guy, right? But uh, someone that's willing to put the work in to improve and know that hey, this is where uh, I need to get better and I'm going to continue to work on my craft. I like the fact that he went out and hired Jordan Palmer to be his passing coach. And he's been working with them ever since the UCLA season got wrapped up. I think that that shows a dedication to wanting to kind of be that guy. So I'm excited to see what he looks like tonight when he starts to put on a show. And like I said, he'll be here with a bunch of friends and families, uh, family members here to to cheer him on. But I want to hear from you, Raider Nation, 702-365-9200. Let's go out to the phone lines, talk to our guy, Raider Mac. Welcome to the show, my man. What's on your mind? What's up, Q? I got two guys out there, too, myself, uh, Jaden Woodby of Boston College and and Jordan Howden of uh, Minnesota, those, nice. those guys played for me. So they they playing tonight. All their parents are in the stands already. I, I was supposed to go, but I couldn't make it. But uh, oh, but Raider Mac, what's wrong play. with you, man? You're supposed to make it out here, brother. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I had, I had. I'm, I'm trying to. Re- I'm recruiting some other kids. I'm, you know, trying to get them scholarships too. So you know, okay, gotcha. these guys are ready getting to the NFL. Hey, 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 Q. You know what? I just want to win, man. <laughs> I, you know what? I just want to win. I don't care how we do it or who we put bring in here. 
just win, baby. I know that model sound, it sounds real easy, just win, baby. Yep. But we just ain't been doing it. We just haven't been doing it consistently. But here we go. I know, Q, you, 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 you don't – no, no, I'm going to go back. I'm going to agree with you on there's no way I want Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo in this in here because my thing is I'm like this. If you injured, I'll take – I'd rather keep Carr, and at least I know he's showing up on Sunday. Right. At least I know he's showing up on Sunday. Jimmy don't show up on Sunday. Man, I heard 49 fans complain all year. Even when they went to the Super Bowl, they was complaining about Jimmy. I, 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 we need to stay away from him and there. And I know you don't want us to move up, but here's the thing: the the, the twenty the, the twenty. You know, I'm I'm disagreeing with Vic because here's my thing, and, and Vic is great at what he do. But here's my thing: that 2017 draft, they had Mitch Trubisky in front of um, Mahomes yep. and Watson. Yep. And, and what did Kansas City do? They moved up. Nobody knows what these kids going to be. And this is the honest truth. Nobody knows. It's, a, it's like being in Vegas, shooting on the dice table. You don't know what's going to come up. Because yeah. everybody ain't going to be – everybody's not – like Solomon Thomas was in that draft. He was the third pick of that draft, and he hasn't done anything. So, Q, my thing is be sensible. you gotta get you got to get young at that quarterback position. You can't keep filling – Poses. This ain't the 1970s when we filled. I mean, the 80s when we filled in with Plunkett and the. You gotta establish something for a long term. And my thing is, gotta get one of these. Even if you don't get none of these young kids, at least draft uh, what's name from Tennessee. Let him sit for a year. If you're gonna go get Aaron Rodgers, let this kid sit for a year because he gonna. Sit, um, what's the kid that got hurt at Tennessee? Hendon Hooker. Uh, Hooker. Go, draft him and, and let him sit for. For, he won't be ready for a year or two. Right. But you got to do something. You cannot keep with the all these old guys and stuff. And just I agree with that. I, I agree right. with that. I agree with that 100. percent And and if you draft the guy in the later round and let him sit, then that's okay. And especially if he doesn't develop, that's okay because he's a later round pick. Ah, uh, he hung up. All right. But, yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. They do. There is no doubt, Raider Mac, you're absolutely right. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about bringing in Rodgers because I, I want the Raiders, and I think the Raiders need to be competitive right now. But there is no doubt that they have to address that, that position for the long term at some point. You've got to go and get, you know, a young dude. The problem is if they're not really in love with and we don't know. I've thrown out the name C.J. Stroud because I, I like him. Bryce Young, to me, is a concern because of his size. Will Levitz, I'm I'm a very adamant and as a matter of fact, no one, <laughs> right? I mean, it's just and Anthony uh, or Anthony, yeah, Anthony Richardson. I know he's got a lot of athletic ability, but I just think that he's a hell of an athlete and not really a hell of a quarterback. So I'm 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 not really high on him either. So that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, if you go and you make a move for a, like a Rodgers, cool. Then you at least have a little bit of what you feel like is at least a window. You can be competitive and win now. You can also attempt to build up the draft. Because, look, the draft doesn't start. I mean, the, the team doesn't stop being built in the first round. So if you were to give up some draft capital to go and get a, uh, get an Aaron Rodgers, you still have more of the draft that you can go and, and address the defense. I mean, honestly, you know, you can address the defense in a major way. You could restructure contracts. We know that. Things could be restructured and moved around to make guys fit under the cap if, you, you know, if you're bringing back Josh Jacobs, if you're 
trying to address, you know, one position, two positions on defense. But you still have the rest of the draft as well to go and, and, and draft defensive players. So it's not like if you make a move for Aaron Rodgers, you got to quit everything else. That's not what I'm saying. But at least he, he makes you competitive right away. And what they thought that they were going to try to do in 2022 was outscore everyone. Well, at least Rodgers gives you an opportunity to outscore everyone, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of my rationale behind it. But you're spot on. Raider Mac, they have to find a quarterback of the future. And unfortunately for them, and I've been saying this for, t- I think, two or three years now. I was still in Texas at the time. I thought that they had made a mistake by not drafting a guy and letting them sit behind car and trying to develop. So when this time comes, they're already prepared. I thought that that was a mistake. And this obviously not on this staff. That's on the prior staff. But that's, that's just been what it is. So thank you so much for that call, man. Good stuff. Evan and Marietta, man, you're up next. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Thank you. Appreciate the time. Uh, just Absolutely. a couple things. Uh, one, um, Dave Ziegler talks about he thinks the best way to prepare or build a team is through the draft. So trading high draft picks two years in a row is, to me, is kind of stupid if that's what you believe in building a team. Um, second thing, Jimmy G, uh, you know, he's missed, cars missed two games in nine years. Uh, Jimmy G misses two games every month. So, uh, on yeah. average. So, uh, that's not a good, that's not a good plan. Um, and, Aaron Rodgers and Josh McDaniels, I don't think coexist. I mean, he wouldn't give Derek Carr freedom uh, to uh, to call plays to the line of scrimmage. And, I mean, Aaron Rodgers kind of wants to do his own thing. I don't think that would be a good match. I mean, you, and, and I'm a big thing on leader. I don't think Rodgers is a great leader. And and so, you know, you know, much as I hate to say it, I think we need to kind of build through the draft and we'll see what happens. These guys have their plan. They say they want to build through the draft. I'm interested to see what they can do. And finally, um, I wish David Carr would uh, would shut up about uh, Derek. I, it sounds like he's his mouthpiece. I don't know if that's the thing. I'm not. I like Derek Carr. I think he was a great person. I don't think he's a great leader. I'm not opposed to moving moving off on him. But you know, they paid him almost 150 million dollars. I don't think that uh, he has a right to be uh, upset. I mean, they. I mean, money talks, and they treated him pretty well. Whether. Uh, whether he had some issues with defense or whatever, um, I don't think it's right for his brother to badmouth the Raiders after, you know, you pay a guy $150 million. That says a lot right there. So I really love your show. I appreciate the time, and go Raiders. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks for the call. I appreciate you. Good stuff right there. Uh, a couple quick texts to hit. Uh, this one's from the 925. DTR is a late day three pick. Okay. Well, that, that, would be, that would be worth using a late day three pick on, right? And if you happen to strike, cool. If you don't, that's okay, too. Uh, another text, 925 car with the jokes. Uh, oh, I guess they're, they're, uh, they're talking about the Pro Bowl skills competition that's going on right now at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. Thanks for that. Sir Whiskey Ray said, Q&D, happy Thursday, gentlemen. As I'm cruising here in East San Jose, going back to my hood for some high school basketball this evening, I wanted to chime in and say that I hope D.C. gets a lot of love here, there this weekend during the Pro Bowl. His tenure didn't work out here with the Raiders, but one thing about Carr that I deeply respect about him, he's been a class act since day one with the organization. That's all for today. About to grab a quick drink. Here for happy hour, Raiders. That's Sir Whiskey Ray. You can't get quick, uh, grab a quick drink and then go play basketball. You got to go play basketball and then grab a quick drink, man. You got to flip that thing around. <laughs> no, uh, he's just going to watch some high school basketball. Oh, okay, oh. gotcha, gotcha. I thought he was about to go play some ball uh, at the high school. I got you. Good, 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 good read on that one, Demond. Good read on that one. I uh, got a text from the seven zero seven. If we're going to question why the Niners would want to move on from Jimmy G, then we should also question why the Packers would want to move on from Rodgers, and nobody's going to convince me it's because they have a bunch of confidence in Jordan Love. That's from the 707. No, I think that 
just like they moved on from Aaron Rodgers, or not Aaron Rodgers, excuse me, Brett Favre. I think it's just that 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 course has ran its 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 course. I mean, you know, it's just it, it has. Um, and then obviously the money is a situation. Uh, obviously, what's the other reason? <laughs> I mean, there's got to be reasons why they're moving on from. It. It's not that his 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 play is is bad. I mean, he might have had a down season, but look what he look who he was he was throwing the ball to for the major, majority of the season. So I think that most of it is because of the money. Also, the every year dance of I don't know if I'm going to play. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know this, that, and the other. I think that that has something to do with it. Similar to Brett Favre, and look, they did draft Jordan Love. They drafted him with the intention of him playing at some point. And if you go back and look at the history of the Packers, when they finally moved on from Brett, was about this same time with Aaron Rodgers sitting behind him. So, I mean, there's there's plenty of reasons. Plus, they might just be tired of him. They might, like I said, they might be just tired of the uh, of the every every year thing that goes on with Aaron Rodgers, and he honestly might be tired of them too. So, I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. But you know, they didn't. They didn't just go out of their way. They, it's not like the Packers went to the podium and said, hey, you know, we're moving on from Aaron Rodgers. We're trading him. He won't play here. That's what the Niners did with Jimmy G now two years in a row. <laughs> they wanted to move on from him last year, and it didn't work. Now they've done it just to what Kyle Shanahan said today or yesterday that, that Jimmy G won't be back, and he's talking about Trey Lance and, and uh, Brock Purdy. Those are the two options that they have. So thank you so much for that. Uh, DeMond, do we have time to uh, hear from Parker real quick? Yes, we do. All right, we'll hear from Parker. Uh, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll get Bo Brock on, who's live in uh, in uh, in uh, Alabama. Uh, he's there for the Senior Bowl, so we're here at the Shriner Bowl. So uh, let's go ahead and hear from Parker. I had an opportunity to talk to him. He's a patient of the Shrine Bowl, or Shrine, uh, Shriner's Children's Hospital. Really cool kid. He has a really cool story. Uh, let's hear that conversation from yesterday. Here at Allegiant Stadium, got the Shrine Bowl Media Day going on right now, and I'm with my man Parker. And Parker, tell us a little something about yourself, man. What does this uh, What does this whole event mean to you? It means a lot, you know, being able to come out, have a nice experience with other people. You know, a lot of football players just goes it goes um, towards the long run. You know, having those experiences to tell your family when you grow up, it's just very fun and you know very ex- experiencing. You know. How, how much uh, how much fun is these uh, events that they have here? We're sitting here right now next to the West Coast Wheelchair event going on, and there's a bunch of different other events. How much fun is it just to see all the interaction and be part of all the interaction? It's real fun, you know, uh, getting to, you know, see how people progress and see how they go along the, you know, the lines of being able to, you know, come out, play, play their heart out and stuff like that, you know. It's like they're doing it all for you. You know, it gives a great feeling to life. So for you, what does this uh, whole uh, Shrine Bowl experience mean, you know, and, and how much have you, you know, benefited from everything going on here at the, with Shriners, Shriners Children's Hospital? It means a lot, you know, seeing people put, you know, their, putting their time on the line just to uh, come out and show people how good, how, you know, good of a, good of a, program not program but you know good over nice that's a little event right yeah 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 no doubt no doubt and you were telling me that you're uh your school that you're in your north carolina uh what what events do you do in school you 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 uh you got some teams that you're playing for what are you doing yeah so i am i played for the football team i'm currently playing for the basketball team i'm also in what we have national junior honor society okay, okay. and along with the um i'm along with the uh 
communities and schools program as well. So you're doing a little bit of everything, huh? You got football, you got basketball, I mean, you're the honors and all that. So, okay, football or basketball, which one is your favorite? Basketball is my favorite, but I'm so much better at football, you know. <laughs> that happens. No, that happens, that though. Happens, yeah. It happens. Okay, so so let me ask you this. So as far as basketball goes, uh, what position do you play, and, and who, who's your favorite football or basketball player? So for basketball, I play point guard, and my favorite player currently is probably John Morant. Nice, nice, nice. That's a, that's highlight real material right there. Thank you, yeah. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So in football, you said that you love football as well. Uh, what, what, do you, what position do you play there? I play defensive end for football. Oh, hold on. You're the edge rusher? Oh, yeah. Hold yeah. on. Let me find you coming off the edge, getting after the quarterback, man. Yeah, I got him. I got him. <laughs> Do you? I got him, yeah. Okay, okay. What, you got some tricks to the trade? What, what kind of methods are you using when you're coming off that edge like that? Uh, mainly using that straight, straight, and then cut, you know, because – you curve with it, and then yeah. he goes right, right in your hole. Then what, you know? So <laughs> I gotta, I gotta head straight and then curve once I see him. Once I see him open, I, I feel like you, uh, you have a lot of speed. You use a lot of speed to your advantage. Do you do that? Uh, I, I would say I have a lot of speed, but I like to time stuff more. So okay, okay. I wouldn't you say calculate I, it. I, I, I like to calculate it, yep. Nice, nice. Well, I figure because you play point guard, you know, you're coming off the edge. I feel like you got to have a little bit of wiggle to you. So, okay, that's that's what's up. Well, is there any of these uh, these guys that you could take out in any of these events that you guys going to uh, have, have going on today? Take out? What do you mean by that? I mean, just go go beat them, you know, beat them in any of these events. You know, are you going to – I'm going to try to get involved in this, uh, this little wheelchair race. I'm going to try to jump in there. Is there any of these events that you're looking at? Oh, yeah, all of them. <laughs> There's all not one that you're looking at that you – because, like, the dance one, I'm out. I'm out. I can't do that one. one. I, I, I smoke them in the dance one. Okay. The circle where you have to throw them into the circle. Yeah. That one was a little challenging for me. But the wheelchair one, my man Alec got it all oh, the way. Oh, he's the man. He's my the man. man. Alec got it all the way, yeah. I tried to help, I help, tried to help my uh, safety get down there fast, faster. I pushed him. Yeah, yeah. And then Alex still got it. Right. Yeah. He's Alex he's the dude. He's the dude. All of us here at the radio station said we're going to try to uh, try to get in that wheelchair race, and we're all going to look silly. And Alex is going to smoke us. So. Alex is going to smoke everyone. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. Well, Parker, thanks so much for your time, man. I appreciate you. Have fun, enjoy, and and enjoy the the players that are around you. No problem, man. It was great to be out here. Yeah, I'll definitely take it all in. That's my guy Parker, man. He was a cool kid, man. Real cool kid. And that's that's the thing about it. There's so many of these patients that are out here that are so cool. And when you just sit down and talk with them and you know that you just see the and hear it in their voice how happy they are to be a part of everything that they've got going on out here and all these ticket sales going for a good cause and there's a lot of folks that are walking in right now uh ticket sales buying beverages getting ready to watch this uh event this showcase this football showcase but knowing that it goes to a good cause which is shriners children's hospital which is a big deal anyone who's ever needed any kind of assistance and maybe shriners has helped you out i actually talked to a couple people uh yesterday that were previously patients and now they actually work for shriners children's hospital i mean they just basically been in it and they said hey i had an opportunity to to really just give back and 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 share my testimony uh with others that that was all i needed and i was like wow that's 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 really alarming and not alarming it's really it's really eye-opening is actually the right word it's 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 eye-opening because again it is so stinking important and that's why this event is so awesome i'm so glad that we could be a part of it and be here at Allegiant Stadium. We'll take a quick break, come back. Bo Brock, host of Phoenix Cardinals podcast from the Phoenix Sports Network. He'll join us to talk all things going on in Mobile, Alabama at the Senior Bowl. This is Red Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. 
Yes, we've been going fast and furious as we're here at Allegiant Stadium for the Shrine Bowl that's going to kick off at 530 we're ready to close out the show, but we're going to close it out in style today. We're at the Shrine Bowl here in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium, but I got my guy, Bo Brock. He's actually at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. Does a fantastic job as the Phoenix Cardinals podcast host uh, for the Phoenix Sports Network. And, Bo, thanks so much for your time, my man. I do appreciate you. And these are two all-star showcases that are going on right now, Shrine Bowl here, Senior Bowl there. So there's a lot of activity. There's a lot of folks. There's a lot of players, uh, coaches, GMs, all kind of folks there where you're at well what has it been like man what has the action been like so far this week there in uh, mobile yeah it's lived up to the expectations q always glad to join you man and uh you saw some great playmaking saw some guys in the trenches that are going to be playing on nfl sundays next year and if you're a raiders fan i mean obviously you're looking maybe to retool that offensive line maybe add some depth to that front seven and i think between here and vegas certainly have the prospects to do so Absolutely. So was there a position group? I know you mentioned the trenches, but was there a position group that stood out to you so far as, wow, this is a really deep position? Yeah, the interior of the offensive line. I think that there's okay. some, some guys that are going to be in the conversation, maybe at the back end of the first round. Uh, you had Osiris Torrance from Florida who showed up and showed out this week. You had uh, the top center on the board out of Minnesota. You had John Michael Schmitz who's, who really, really had a fantastic Senior Bowl week, and then a kind of a darling of the Senior Bowl, as there always is, some kind of a colorful personality, and that was in the form of Cody Mock out of North Dakota State. All three of those interior offensive linemen really had an impressive week of practice, and I'm sure they're going to be on display come this weekend in the Senior Bowl. You know, uh, the Patriots coaching staff was here at the Shrine Bowl, and they really got after it in practice. And, you know, even Bill Belichick was out there running drills in jeans. So how spirited have the practices been there in Mobile? Yeah, I've seen, uh, obviously, Patrick Graham, the uh, defensive coordinator there in Vegas, who was part of the coaching staff, the head coach, one of the teams here. And then you had the Bears. And uh, two, two uh, coaching staffs, Washington was in the mix as well. Uh, that that were absolutely fiery, really keeping the drills fun. They had uh, a couple times where you saw really some high competition out there, and it was fueled by these coaching staffs, no doubt about it. What was the buzz like? I'm really interested because there's a lot of go there's a lot goes on on the field, but there's also a lot that goes on off the field. What was the buzz like when uh, it was announced that Sean Payton was going to the Broncos? Yeah, I mean, that was took over uh, only before it was kind of short-lived because you had D'Amico Ryans, too. So those were yeah. kind of the the highlights of that day. And everybody was talking about Sean Payton because, you know, the reports last week, that was dead, right? It didn't seem like it was a chance in hell that he was going to Denver. You had the reports before that that he was the front runner and it was going to be a done deal. And then things completely died off. And then they uh, regained some traction after Denver had missed out on Harbaugh, not once but twice. And then you had him. They tried to check in with D'Amico Ryan before he signed his deal with Houston. We saw today that there was no doubt about it. He wanted to return the Texans. That seems like a good fit. But, yeah, Sean Payton was certainly the talk. And then the next day you've got Tom Brady, the GOAT, you know, <laughs> announcing his retirement. So we weren't short, short on storylines that were uh, circulating around the stadium here in Mobile. Talking to Bo Brock here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Well, it's funny, Derek Carr is a pro bowler. He's actually at uh, the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center right now going through the skills test. Have you been able to get your GM ear on and uh, kind of get in those conversations of maybe if there's any uh, teams that are looking for a trade partner for Derek Carr? Have you heard any of those convos? 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously you've got some teams that are they're going to look for the veteran side of things to maybe be a, a bridge to a younger quarterback. Not everybody's going to be able to get on this this crop of this quarterback class, and I think that Derek Carr could certainly uh, find a deal elsewhere. I, I don't know. Is, is it, it seemed like the easy, you know, connecting the dots was was the Jets. Now it seems like Aaron Rodgers is the guy. Yeah, people absolutely were talking about the the quarterback position and some vets who could change some jerseys come next season. Yeah, what has the conversation been like around Aaron Rodgers? I mean, I feel like this is a conversation we have every year, but what has that that conversation been like there in Mobile? Right, didn't he say today he's just not going to San Francisco? So you can kind of count out his uh, his where he grew up, and he's right. not going to the 49ers. The Green Bay Packers probably would never entertain a trade within the conference. So you got to look to the AFC. And then, I mean, you guys know all too well, it is just a stacked conference as far as the quarterback position is concerned, especially within that AFC West division. So, you know, you're hoping maybe he stays east. He goes to the AFC East, and he's a part of the New York Jets, or they figure something out to where he's not going to bother uh, the Raiders too much, but uh, it seems like he's going to make his way out of the NFC North for sure, um, and, and there's definitely going to be some teams lining up for his services. It certainly seemed like that from just kind of the newsbreakers that were here in town covering the Senior Bowl. You know, Bo, I, I started off the show talking about I think now that Tom Brady is officially retired and that's going to be a free agent that's off the off the uh, you know in the in the kind of the carousel of quarterbacks. I looked at at Aaron Rodgers and said I think that the Raiders, especially having Devontae Adams, need to kind of put a full court press on him yeah. to try to get him in Vegas. What what would you think of that? Just that dynamic, Aaron Rodgers with the Raiders. I think mean, it'd be fantastic. I mean, you, you saw the the rapport that those guys had their entire time in Green Bay, and, and I love, you know, Tay saying, you know, he's staying at his house, right? And then it's kind of got the same feeling as it did early with Derek Carr, and we know that that didn't work out at the end of the, at the, end of the season, but he's, he's a quarterback that Devontae Adams trusts, and it, it does feel a little bit like the same move, like a little bit like Denver doubling down and, and trying to really make things work with their franchise, that they, they feel like they have some pieces in place that, they get some things right, especially at the quarterback position, the most important position in all sports, that they can really make something work. And you've got to in that division. You've got to figure it out because why make the move for Devontae Adams if you're just going to kind of like let things linger at the quarterback position and not get a guy that's going to get him the ball, make plays with the rest of the, uh, the studs there at wide receiver and tight end and, and, and in, run, in the running back position. So I think that that's absolutely something that they should – they should consider full court press and, and continue to maybe give away assets because they're not far off, it doesn't feel like. Bro Brock is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Sticking with the quarterback theme, how about Max Dugan from TCU and uh, also Jake Hayner from Fresno State? Have you been able to see anything from those young guys? Yeah, I mean, you see what you saw at TCU all season long from Duggan. I mean, he's obviously a leader out there. He's clapping his hands. He's trying to get the fellas fired up, and he's trying to get people in position to make plays. I think you're going to see that more on display in the game. I think he's more of a game quarterback than a practice guy. doesn't light things up. He doesn't have, like, the arm strength that you that you love to see. He's not, you know, chucking it 60-plus yards. I think he did have a ball close to 60 this, during the practice session yesterday. Uh, and, and then the kid out of Fresno State, you know, nothing, nothing was jumping off the, uh, off the field from him. Uh, the quarterback class, at least in Mobile, not, not, nothing's going to have you like overly impressed. But uh, certainly, some should see some decent, decent performances in the game come this weekend. 
Bo Brock is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. My man Demond's got one for you. When it comes to the one-on-one drills, we always know that that's what the scouts are looking for. But when it comes to the cornerback and the receivers, I feel like the receivers always have an advantage a little bit. But have any corners stood out what you've seen in practices so far in Mobile? Yeah, I think there are a couple that flashed uh, today. You saw uh, Darius Rush from South Carolina who had a solid game against Tennessee in that upset at the end of the college football season. Darius Rush for the Gamecocks out of South Carolina. Stanford had a, had a good day yesterday as well. Um, and, you know, I, I think that he, he doesn't have too, too that great of a size as far as coming out of the Pac-12, but Rush had a, had a big game. And, and then, yeah, you did like to see what – what you saw from some of the wide receivers there, Rasheed Rice out of SMU was uh, running some pretty precise routes and, and kind of putting some corners on skates. So uh, he, absolutely those those wide receivers had the, the edge as far as those one-on-one drills, no doubt about it. Got anything else, Devon? Uh, nope, I'm going to let you take it because we only got like two minutes of show left. <laughs> All right, that'll work. Well, Bo, I know you're there. Uh, you know, you're covering the Phoenix Cardinals. Obviously, you do a really good job. Arizona Cardinals, excuse me. I know you do a great job covering the Cardinals. Uh, what are you there uh, looking for for Arizona? What do they need And besides a head coach? Yeah, looking at the interior of that offensive line, looking at some defensive linemen because outside of the third pick, Q, they've got some pretty nice draft capital. They missed out on the Sean Payton sweepstakes, so they're going to be fully loaded as far as what they're going to be able to uh, do in this draft to try to retool things as they've got a regime change. New GM looking for the head coach thing. That continues to be what we're talking about every day is who's going to be the next leader of this franchise and really don't have a, a good idea of who it is even though we're in the first week of February. Do you think that the Cardinals would be open to uh, to trading back, or do you think that they want to trade back to try to collect a couple more draft picks? Yeah, it feels like, you know, Chicago is going to trade out of that one spot. So those top two spots seem like they're going to be quarterbacks. So do the Cardinals want to have their top pick between Jalen Carter from Georgia or Will Anderson Jr. out of Alabama, uh, the consensus, you know, the two top nine QB prospects in this draft, or – you know, can you trade back, slide back a couple spots, still get a, a really decent player, and then continue to add assets for Monty Austinport, the new GM, to expedite a rebuild? It's not the worst case. I asked Austinport about that in his introductory press conference, and he says all options are open for the Arizona Cardinals because when you go 4-13, and 13, all options should be open. They're not like one player away. So I think that that's something they'll consider. But if they can get the best non-quarterback prospects in the draft, uh, it's something that they're going to have to seriously look into. There you go. Well, fantastic stuff, my man. I'll be in your neck of the woods. We'll be in your neck of the woods next week. We'll be down there for Radio Row and the Super Bowl. Uh, what do you got coming out that we should be on the lookout for? Just follow us on Twitter at PHNX underscore Cardinals, but we're going to be out there as well. Can't wait to see my boy Q out there on Radio Row. There's going to be great guests, and, and we'll have to show you around. We'll have to show you what's going on uh, just a few hours uh, east uh, from you, for our friends in Vegas, uh, what Phoenix is all about. There you go. Well, I'll see you there, my man. I appreciate you. That's Bo Brock right there, host of the Phoenix Cardinals podcast, Phoenix Sports, at Bo Brock on Twitter, and with us here on Radio Nation Radio 920. That's a fantastic way to close out the show, Damon. You got to keep us on point, man. Keep us on point with that time. You know me, I'll let the time just roll. <laughs> I'll, I'll look up. It'll be 530. It'll be time for kickoff as we're here 
at Allegiant Stadium. The cool thing about being here in an event like this, there's so many folks representing so many different schools. I've seen so many, you know, UCLA jerseys. I've seen Michigan. I've seen Purdue. I've seen Nebraska. I've seen all kind of different folks represent. I think it's really cool. Minnesota, uh, just you just see college, USC has been represented. So many different programs are represented here tonight. So kickoff is at 5.30. Coming up next, upon further re review, Eddie Pascal, Devontae Adams. You want to hear from number 17? Eddie Pascal has them for upon further review, and you'll hear that coming up next here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Again, kickoff for the Shrine Bowl is at 5.30. We definitely appreciate everyone who was a guest today, uh, either on the phone lines or the text line. And please believe we'll be back tomorrow, same time, 2 to 5, on Raider Nation Radio 920. Have a good night.